Devil types five, sail in the sea. Oh fuck a sea monster, please don't eat me. Don't eat me. Devil types five, devil types five. What will be left of them if they survive? Ahoy there, me hearties, and welcome to episode 49 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. I'm Cliff, and it's time to say hello, sailor, once again to Emily, Luke, and Bryony. Hi. Hello. I uh... showed Cliff TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, right on the um, finger of the pulse of the zeitgeist (laughs) there with the old sea shanties. If it's good enough, uh, Goldie-looking chain. Well, that's four of us anyway, and we were hoping for a return visit from Elf, but she's had to pull out last minute due to commitments involving advancing her skill set and improving her career prospects. What's what all that about? Yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> uh, but fortunately, Luke has managed to find us an emergency Gary. So please welcome, from the Horror Cult Trash Other podcast, Gary Cruz. Woo woo! Yeah. I think I only want to be referred to as the Emergency Gary from now on. That's oh, don't worry. You're, you're, called, you're called Emergency Gary throughout my script. Brilliant. So, hello, Emergency Gary. Thanks for stepping in. Thank you for having me. As our guest, why don't you spend 30 seconds telling us all about Horror Cult Trash Other? Yes, yeah, so we spend every Sunday recording episodes released on Tuesdays about really shit films, but films that are so shit that they're great. And sometimes good films as well. Oh, and we talk about originals versus remake every the end of every month as well. Oh, I dream of being able to do one a week, but, you know. <laughs> it takes a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, before we take a deep dive into sea monster territory, let's find out what our highs and lows of horror have been over the last month. And, Brian, you can start. Um, guess what? It's a rewatch. Um, yep. I watched Get Out. Um, cool. Partly because um, my my other half hasn't seen it, and he was like, I know the, the whole script. It's like, I know what it's about. It's about racism. And I rewatched it, and it's just really good. It is really creepy. It's really good, and that's all I have to say about it. Get out! It's just you know one of those rare films that came out, and were you know there was no questioning of whether it was good. Because you know how I feel about when I watch a film, like I think that was good, or maybe I'm stupid, like with the lighthouse and things like that. Um, but Get Out is just really good. It's really entertaining. It's really funny. The deaths are quite cool, and and it's just you know generally unnerving and creepy. Um, so that's that's my high of the month. Um, I very... just watched this uh, this very afternoon. I watched a film called Tyrell, which came oh, out yeah. uh, one year after Get Out, and it's kind of a similar kind of um, theme, except not a horror. It's just a drama okay. about some bloke who goes to a party where it's all white people, and he feels a bit left out and can't really get into them drinking hot toddies and doing sort of racially insensitive accents and, and yeah. doing REM sing-alongs, you know, which is fair <laughs> enough. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, and your low? I'll give that. Oh, I've got a lot of lows. Um, I rewatched some of my old, old lows because I hate myself. Um, I know a new low that I've, I've watched is a, a film came out in 2017 called The Super, um, starring Val Kilmer with um, some some wax on his face, and he's all like, eh, I'm the creepy super. And then there's a twist, and he turns out, he's not that creepy, but he's got this voice, he's like, oh, I like your daughter. Um, what, he's Papa Lazaro? He's Papa Lazaro. Basically, it's a guy moves into a, a building, and it's fucking creepy, and CPS should be involved, because it's him and his two kids living in like the basement of this... Um, decrepit building and he's like i'm sorry your mum's dead sorry you haven't got a bed here we are in the basement there's val kilmer with some shit on his face going oh, 
<laughs> and all the people keep disappearing. He used to be a cop, and it's like, oh, it's a cop thriller. Um, but it just turns out to be a bit shite. Um, I thought The Super was a comedy, but I was thinking of the 1991 Joe Pesci movie. So, <laughs> not that. I would have loved it if Joe Pesci replaced Val Kilmer in this film. <laughs> um, Emily. Um, my For various reasons, my movie watching has been a bit thin on the ground this month, apart from our deep dive into the um, fish and tits genre. Um, <laughs> but I did, I'm going to keep saying that until it's a thing. In fact, I might, nev- I might never stop saying that, whatever the context. But never stop. I've only watched, um, no, I shan't. Um, I've only. <laughs> I've yeah, it's, watched... it's when you walk into your trippy next, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I wonder what tits... Yeah, anyway, fine. Um, I, I would go off on one, but I'm, I'm not going to um, for a change. No, I, I was in need of some comfort viewing, so I ended up having a rewatch of From Beyond. Um, oh, nice. Still one of my favourites. So sort of like, yeah, what do I need to calm down? I know, goopy, goopy sex monsters, pervy scientists, and Yay. some lovely practical effects. Um, it's still awesome. I like it more every time I watch it. And there's that weird kind of queasy, pinky purple colour all the way through it, which is which is good. Yeah, oh, it's just wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, so good. I wonder if that's why uh, Richard Stanley went for pinky purple for colour out of space. I was thinking that last night. It's entirely possible. It was like, oh, that's now the Lovecraftian colour. Um, yeah, it is a nice colour, to be fair. It's a lovely colour. My yeah. first bedroom was that colour. Well, no, my first teenage bedroom was that. Sorry, I'm going off on one. <laughs> <laughs> like a giant vulva. Do you have a low? Uh, no, apart from quite pretty much all the films that we watched this month. For the <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every single time I pick a topic, Home Invasion, everyone hated. Not me, I love Home Invasion. Not, there there are a couple of good ones in there. Sorry, Sea Monsters <laughs> 1. I didn't expect there to be this much shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, um, Emergency Gary, highs and lows. Uh, so my high, I, I watched far too much this month, uh, but I'd say my high is The Happiness of the Katakuris, the oh, yeah. Takeshi Miike film. It's just everything. It is everything you could possibly want from a film. <laughs> I mean, I love... Uh, I love Japanese cinema, I love horror films, uh, I love musicals, and it's just everything, really. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's cracking, watched... I love that film. It, it so really good. is. It's so good. I, I need to watch more of Takeshi Miike's films because he has like 109 films in his filmography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen like five. <laughs> uh, yeah, watch out for his period dramas. I had to review a period drama once for a, a horror website just because it was a Takeshi Miike film, but it was one of the most boring things I've ever seen. Okay. So, yeah, stick with his uh, psychotronic stuff. I also watched uh, Manhunter for the first time as well, which I thought was great. Ooh. Uh, the predecessor to Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, the Michael Mann one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I thought that was fantastic. I thought cinematography was excellent. I thought the soundtrack was great. It's just performances. I thought it was all perfect. Two highs then, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Why not? Luke? Um, my high is bloody hell. Um, a film about a man who is trying to get away from his past from his horrible past and decides to go to Finland but then things get worse in Finland Um, it's like a comedy horror but it's quite disturbing at points as well from what happens when he arrives in Finland um, and just has a really really fun finale and very over the top 93 minutes passed in no time at all yeah Um, but if I thought at the end, wow, is that it? It was not because it had passed so fast. It's because nothing that much had happened. Yeah, that's, that's the thing about it. It's still fun. It's like suspenseful. It is sort of 
not much happens, but it still passed quite quickly for me. Yeah. Um, and then my low is run, hide, fight. Um, <laughs> I decided at, at midnight um, to go on the the Daily Wire uh, Ben Shapiro's website, <laughs> which was which was screening this movie at midnight. Um, opened with a montage of people being like, "This is the Conservatives movie," and I was like, "I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit here and watch this." They didn't start the movie for 27 minutes, so it was Ben Shapiro saying that he'd been put behind a wall with a hammer and the if left to put him behind a wall, so he was, he had to get out of that wall. Um, Presumably a dry stone wall. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he had 20 seconds before the film started. He decided to say that, and then the film started. And it's not even that it's like meant to be this conservatives movie. It's just not a good movie. It's about a school shooting, but the school shooting is being live streamed. Um, the thing that doesn't make sense about the film is that the school shooters go into the school. They cut the phone line so no one calls the police, but then they say, "Live stream this." Yeah, like, aren't the police gonna? Aren't the police gonna see that? <laughs> oh, it's just yeah. The security guard in the school doesn't have a phone. Uh, someone gets shot in the leg with a shotgun at one point, but then is still able to sprint straight after. It wants to be diehard inside a school, but oh, it's just stupid. It it has like lines like someone gets shot at one point and a guy says trigger warning like that is oh, that is how far wow. the script goes amazing oh um, how much do you think they masturbate the, over that well the thing about the film is <laughs> when the daily wire got hold of it um people that had been part of the film when they found out it was going to become this right-wing film they were like can we please have our names removed from oh, this film <laughs> um well, well, trigger warning, triggered, and all that is these right wingers. One of their two jokes, isn't it? Yeah. Snowflake and triggered. Yeah, there's yeah. about six thousand Netflix specials of yeah. middle-aged, yeah. angry American men shouting that are all called triggered. But the thing is, they're the most sensitive man babies in the world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. I'm annoyed that I stayed up until midnight and watched it till two a.m. When How I contributed to the Daily Wire's viewing figures. Yeah. You did this on a school night? Yeah, I did it on a school night. Was this some kind of weird experiment in kind of... Yeah, you did it for science. You did it for us. I was like, I have to to see what's going to happen. And if, yeah. You saw what happened and now you're not going to see what happens ever again. It wasn't Darren Brown plays Russian Roulette live. It was a (laughs) film that you could watch at any time. (laughs) No, no. So the thing that no, happened, but you wouldn't have got Ben Shapiro talking about walls yeah, or whatever he was I wouldn't talking have got, about. I wouldn't have got that because what happened is they showed it for free, begged people to keep subscribing before the film showed. Then after the film had screened, they made people pay to watch it. It didn't make sense. It's like wouldn't they have had people pay for the live stream? So anyway, uh, I've, I've, I'm breaking with tradition, my own tradition. I'm having two highs for I think the first time ever. Mm-hmm. Um, one will surprise you. It is Midsommar, the director's cut. Hey. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because it is significantly better than the theatrical cut, which, you know, I didn't like. Um, the director's cut includes extra scenes that make the story make a lot more sense, make Danny's character arc make a lot more sense. Um, but it's still too fucking baggy. It's still really badly paced. And so I've uh, created a fan edit that runs to 109 minutes. <laughs> and <laughs> if you want to see that, then... Tweet me, DM me on Twitter, and I'll I'll send you a link. Um, because and I think you're not they'll... even on furlough or anything. You're working. <laughs> oh, it only took me six hours. It's not not a big deal to do it. <laughs> no, no, not long at all. 
Did it on a did it on a long weekend on a Friday or something. If you haven't green screened something in, I have not green screened anything. Oh, surely you must have. You need to add something. That's what he did. I've been very respectful to Ariaster's vision. I thought you would at least have added a song or something at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I'm going back after this recording and putting a sea shanty in. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And my other high is from 1970, The Man Who Haunted Himself. I really liked it the first time I watched it. Absolutely love it. It's brilliant. Roger Moore vehicle. He's amazing. He plays a marine technology executive who uh, has a car crash because he suddenly has a moment of madness and crashes his car on the motorway. Um, And then when he gets out of hospital, goes back to work, it turns out that his doppelganger has been up to things, up to naughty things, and everyone (laughs) thinks it's him. And it's brilliant. What Anyone naughty what that? naughty things has he been up to? <laughs> Womanizing. Has, has he been nicking stationery? <laughs> <laughs> Womanizing and, and, and messing with the uh, company's um, prospects. What a naughty man. Right, it's time for this month's theme. So let's get Kraken. First up, Stephen Summers' 1998 action horror creature feature, Deep Rising. <laughs> Here be the trailer. Welcome to the greatest pleasure ship ever built. Good times forever! I have something here, sir. I've never seen anything like this. It's a malfunction, sir. That's impossible. Where are they coming from? I don't know, sir, but whatever it is, it's, uh, big. They answered a distress call. Where the hell is everybody? Now. What the hell is that? They're dead in the water. I got a really bad feeling about this. The ship's infested. Let's get the hell out of here! Deep Rising. And yes, I'm aware I accidentally did a farmer's ooh rather than a pirate's yar before that. <laughs> no need to write in. <laughs> well, that took me right out of it. You completely destroyed the realism of that scene. <laughs> Almost everyone on board a cruise liner's maiden voyage is munched up by an invasion of sea monsters. And it's down to the good guy captain of a boat for hire and his heavily armed bad guy clients to try and restore order and survive the night. Uh, Luke, you kind of pressured Bryony into picking this last month. (laughs) So I think it's down to you to defend it. I don't have to defend it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I pressured Bryony into picking this because it's not good. Um, It's a um... bit of fun. Um, we see a man call a sea monster a wanker, so... Yeah, that's, that's quality. <laughs> that's, that's a um, That is and, good. Um, and also apparently a shotgun that has unlimited bullets in it, and when he puts it over his shoulder, keeps having her pull him off. I mean, pull off the, um, pull off, pull off the shotgun. Lads, wait. I just felt like Macho Man could have played over the first half an hour of this movie. Mm. Like when they're all walking around with their guns, sort of just oh, kicking that guy's head in. And then Shaggy's in the movie, isn't he? Shaggy? Is he? Not Shag, not the singer Shaggy. I mean Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Is that Kevin That's J. O'Connor? not Lillard. No, no, I'm saying the guy that wants to be Shaggy. Yes, it's like, yeah. It has the most annoying voice. Yeah, I was like, voice. why is Gonzo the Great in this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That guy is really annoying. And I know at the end you're meant to think, spoiler alert, because obviously you don't want to spoil the, the great twists and turns of this, this silly popcorn movie, but... Um, he, um, you, you think he's dead, and I was just like, "Well, this is going to be some peace and quiet now." But no, it turns out he's alive. <laughs> and rather than going, "Oh, cheeky chappy, survive," you're just like, "Oh, fuck off." Yeah, yeah. His voice really grated on me by the end. Mm. Yeah, and he was the exact same in the Mummy as well. 
Oh, is he? Yeah, he was in. I mean, it's been a long time since I watched it, but I remember him being annoying in that as well. I know that sounds weird to say, but why was that guy getting his arse eaten by the monster as well? Don't keep shame. <laughs> what deep rising was this? I just remember he's, he's bent over, and all of a sudden you see the monster, and he's just like putting the the face, and then he because every, everyone else just gets eaten really load, quickly, but this guy's like it's a metaphor. Yes, yeah, it's, it's something yeah. something to do with the circle of life. Yeah, more, I more really see why why Luke pressured me into liking this because this this has um, Bryony written all over it, not because it's shit, but because it has all the components of the things that I love. Um, it seems like one I would choose because it's it's basically got the the mercenaries that are trying to be like the boys in Predator, but you mm-hmm. know the boys in Predator are likable, and then you've got your ragtime ship crew who are trying to be. You know, Do you mean ragtag? <laughs> Ragtag. That's what I said. I said ragtag. It's a ragtime, like the ragtime, playing ragtime 1920s jazz. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what I meant to say. Uh, ragtag sort of crew of um, yeah. you know Star Wars, Han Solo Scott type Joplin. guy. Because that guy, even with the, oh, I've got a bad feeling about this, that was definitely, he was supposed to be the Han Solo. But he was like Han Solo's sort of cousin with like a very oddly shaped head. I was going to say he's, um, he's Argos Han Solo. No, yeah. don't you think they wanted Bill Pullman in that role? Yeah. Oh, he looks so oh, much like Bill Pullman. Yeah. And they wanted Nick Nolte to play the villain, but all they <laughs> yes. could get was Treat Williams and Anthony Held. Yeah. It was like somebody... It was like... Sorry. No, it's all right. We keep interrupting each other. I've got just got a very banal fact. Well, I've got a really <laughs> completely pointless bit of whimsy that doesn't make sense. So you know. Oh, go on then. <laughs> What's it to be? Pointless facts or whimsy? <laughs> yeah, facts. I've had whimsy. <laughs> whimsy stays in the edits more than facts. Oh, you hate my pointless facts. I never get a jingle for my facts. I never get my facts included. <laughs> no one was in porn in this. You won't include that. Yeah, do your fact, Bryony, and then I'll. No, well, my I can't. I had the Kiwi man who's in um uh the, the Fear the Walking Dead. It's not even that good a fact. I hate everything. Um... <laughs> your <laughs> facts know. are I... always do, your do... facts are always an actor was in something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they don't make the edit. It's literally what actors do. Acting fact, acting fact, acting fact. That's what Bryony's good at. He was in that thing, also in that other thing. Bryony likes to point out all the things. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. I've made my own jingle because you won't give me one. Um... Uh, no, this film was very boring until about an hour in. Uh, until that that man fell out of the the, the worm man thing and was like half dissolved and um, was all like ah! and no one thought to shoot him because they're all bastards. He yeah. was just like I'm dissolving. Um, it was incredibly tedious and by the numbers and very you know when you go to Lidl and you just want like um, some flora but you get flora. Um, just something slightly off, something slightly wrong and, and unfamiliar, but still familiar with the whole, you know, the the gang of mercenaries. You're like you're you're meant to think these guys are cool, but they're actually just just lame. They're just they're really lame. And then you've got this guy who's like, oh, I'm so tired. He's like, No, you're just like a creepy dad at parents' evening. I don't like you. <laughs> um, I was, was going to say off. that it was a little bit like when you're a kid and you want action figures, but the only one that you get is one that your grandma buys, and it's a shit one off the market. Yeah. It looks a yes. little bit like, and the eye is like on the fore- painted on the yeah. forehead, like the actual actor. But they're all kind of like, like it's like someone bought a Bill Pullman action figure and kind of squashed it a bit, and that would be, yeah. 
your man out of this. I think my parents did get me, instead of WWE, they got me one that was WWB at one oh, point. Oh, wow. And they were, it was the wrestlers, but their heads were squashed completely. Um, but it was a wrestling ring still that I got. World Wrestling Bentertainment. <laughs> Are you not sports bentertained? Um... I thought you were going to say they got you WWF and it was just pandas. <laughs> now that, that, yeah, that would be happening. Oh, I'll be honest, I want that now. <laughs> Emergency Gary, what do you think of Deep Rising? Well, I mean, you know, it's got CGI boats, CGI creatures, hijackers, and Famke Janssen. It's pretty much every 90s movie just rolled into one. It, it actually reminded me a lot of Virus, if anyone's seen that masterpiece, with Jamie Lee Curtis yes. and Donald Sutherland. Yes, I fell asleep, though. Yeah, it's it's a lot like that, in, except uh, Virus has Donald Sutherland as a cyborg, so that's got that going for it. And not, and um, not someone who looks a bit like Donald Sutherland. No, it's actually, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> Oh, even the captain, the the good guy captain, was a little bit Donald Sutherland-y. Yeah. I liked him. That's uh, Derek O'Kana. He was my favourite. Yeah, everyone was just like a little bit... It was like... This film was like the underground version of all good films. Like the, <laughs> the weird sort of topsy-turvy, like everyone's a little bit off-looking. Like you're like, oh, there's that Sandra Bullock. No, that's just a lady. I was about to say that as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's just a lady in a, in a dress. Is this, is this Speed 2 Cruise Control? Yeah. <laughs> anyway gary you were saying yeah it's just it, it is every 90s action sci-fi blockbuster i just found myself feeling like i had deja vu whilst watching it i've definitely have seen this film a thousand times before but i mean it's entertaining uh after an hour after an hour it's entertaining and it's it's funny to look back at the uh, PlayStation Two star CGI graphics of the creature. Fucking, it's uh, unbelievable that the the Hollywood studios. I know this is kind of an indie, but they would look at those fucking CGI monsters and go, "Yeah, that looks good. We'll put that out in the cinema." <laughs> it, it reminded me of the uh, werewolf from American Werewolf in Paris. Um, mm. Yeah, it reminded me of end of level bosses in Resident Evil Four. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It was definitely the big one with the big eye that you get. Yeah. Um, also, why is everyone really shitty to this woman? Like, they find they her are. on the ship and the man just slaps her straight in the face. Yeah. Mm. And the man's like, who are you? And he just strangles her against the wall. Yeah. Maybe it's some kind of point about capitalism. She was making stuff. <laughs> and they were like, oh, we protect our own. And meanwhile... We got a fax that you you were, you were bad to your boyfriend. You tried to murder yeah, her. Yeah. And she was like, oh, boyfriend. Why did they have that file on Why their ship? Why did the FBI send it to a ship? They are like, oh, she might be on a ship. Send it to all the ships. Yeah, there's maybe that. Or maybe it was the ship is so state-of-the-art they've got a fax machine on it. Ooh. But they can't because all the communications have been sabotaged by that. Well, point. maybe the facts came through before that happened. There's some good things in it. I thought the uh, bit in the middle where it gets gory is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought the Just half-eaten Billy, man, yeah. even though that was CGI, that actually was quite good. Uh, good gruesome scene but yeah i mean i just get so bored of this fucking like these ragtag groups of people who just would never get jobs like that because you're meant to be half good at it you can't just sit around uh you know can't just sit around talk about how much you want to fuck a woman from each different country in the world or be a stoner or you know be a woman who's slightly muscly or be black and say motherfucker you know that doesn't get you jobs like this but yeah like it's predator it's aliens or you can be british and say wanker and have yeah yeah that as well yeah yeah, have a short soliloquy before you die yeah Yeah, i mean they they were diverse in their in their stereotypes yeah exactly (laughs) yes uh but it was yeah i mean there was so many of them another one 1989's leviathan 
also did it in the water underwater in fact uh, just like last year's underwater which does the same kind of ragtag bunch of things to an extent uh, so which Ooh. is better leviathan or underwater leviathan kind of but again it's like the little thing it's like oh it's a bit like aliens but it's not because it's not as good but it's got robocop in it did you know that robocop was in this film <laughs> <laughs> Bryony's fact acting um, make it happen um, Underwater was uh, an action film. It wasn't a horror film. It was an action film with some some slightly scary CGI. Leviathan was um, body horror creepy. It had some some elements. It wasn't perfect, but you know it was all right. Yes, yeah, so Carson Stewart in Underwater. She was also in Twilight. <laughs> she was. She was in Twilight. She was also in Twilight Breaking Dawn. Amazing. Amazing. The thing that amazed me about Underwater was how fucking badly it's filmed and how terrible the CGI is. I really hated it towards the end when it... You might as well just be watching a fucking cartoon because no one in it is real. Maybe like the faces. You see a quarter of an actor's face. That's real. Everything else is (laughs) like... Even their costumes CGI. I hate that. Uh, why, why, Why did you make me watch this, Luke? Why did you make me watch Underwater? I'm sorry, it's just because it was it was my most mm. recent. It's I know it wants to be um, a Lovecraft movie in the end. For me, it's because for so long it was meant to be a Cloverfield film. Um, That's so weird. Ever and it got delayed for a very long time. That's why T.J. Miller is still somehow in it because um, you know no one wants to book him anymore after his bomb threats on trains. Um, what? I don't know what? anything about this person. He got on trains and would call up. He called up the police twice and said there was a bomb on a train. Um, <laughs> So people stopped working with him. Um, I've never heard of this guy before this film. Yeah, so his character in this is just terrible. I do like the reveal in it, the the whole time you think it's just this one monster, and then all of a sudden they're all joined together as one big monster. I do like that reveal. This was meant to come out back in 2017, so I think Mm. that's why when it came out in 2020 you could tell that it, Mm. you could feel the delays of it, you could see things in it. There's a painting in the background at one point, it's meant to look like the Cloverfield monster. And that's why I, I was sort of still watching it. When I saw it, I was still watching it as a Cloverfield film. Because, you know, that in the Cloverfield films, the monster comes out of the ocean. So I was like, oh, oh yeah, I'm going to look yeah, at yeah. it as that. And then afterwards, they were like, no, it's not a Cloverfield film. It's just a film. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just a film. It's just um, an ordinary film. It's too expensive and shit to be a Cloverfield film. I think they probably ruined it when they whacked, you know, $40 million on the budget. It's terrible. It does get straight into it, though. That's what I like about it, that the ship just starts shaking straight away. Well, yeah, that's... that's commendable i think the the uh, opening of underwater is probably the best part of the whole film i didn't i didn't completely hate it but when i saw it at the cinema i walked out and felt like i'd just gone in a time machine back to the 90s uh right let's stay ocean bound for a moment with a very strange italian movie creatures from the abyss aka plankton from 1994 i, I kind of love creatures from the abyss because it's so stupid but after a while you realize is this intentionally stupid and I don't know if that spoils it, but I just don't understand why it was made. I mean, there's no other film that's got anything like this dialogue in it. Professor, how long have you been fucking fish? (laughs) (laughs) They were old enough. I I understand. These things happen. (laughs) What's the point of this I wish I'd seen this one now. It sounds like a masterpiece. (laughs) Did anyone hear the opening lines of dialogue? Gone. Are you still a virgin? Virgin? I'll give you my virgin. 
There is something magical about the dialogue in certain Italian-made films, yeah. which... But to what extent do you think it's meant to be... Well, what is it meant to be? Is it meant to be a comedy? I suspect, to be honest, I suspect the dubbing voices in the English dub, I suspect the actors were taking the piss. And a lot of the time, they're just trying to make sure that you're still paying attention. <laughs> because there's one bit where the guy's reading from a science book and it's talking about um, fish that ride stretch limos or something. And... <laughs> But, I mean, it's got great gore, um, some great gore, some great creature effects, transformation effects. The puppetry of the fish is actually good, but that yeah. scene goes on for way too long when she finally gets the claws on her head, and it just keeps going back and forth <laughs> yeah, yeah, between yeah. the gooey teeth. I mean, it's fun, but I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> it's mad. <laughs> it's, it's totally bad. Whoever wrote it, or, or, or whoever wrote the uh, English language dialogue in the dub, seems to think that um, in the middle of all this chaos and like almost certain death, sort of thing that girls say to each other is I think it's time to buy a new bra (laughs) (laughs) it is how did they know (laughs) (laughs) and it's got a weird talking shower in it yeah the talking shower that asks if uh, if one of the characters is constipated and then offers to tickle her what? <laughs> oh, was that the winking eye thing going on? Right. No, no, that. I, I couldn't make out what that thing was saying, but it spoke so much. At one point, I thought it said, Hi, I'm Jessica Rolex. I give good time. Yeah. Hey. It's like a really oh, weird yeah, Billy that. Bass thing, isn't it? Yeah, and it never stops throughout the whole film. Like, all the shit's going down, the fish is going crazy and whatever. Uh, someone just had sex and turned into a fish. And this thing on the wall is still fucking talking. If that talking shower was as intelligent as it seems to think it is, it could remind them to clean up the sick that is on the bathroom floor throughout the film. Yeah. Anyway, sticking with Italy, Sergio Martino gave us The Great Alligator in 1979. Um, I think that's uh, something of a forgotten gem. I mean, Martino said that so many of his films put out on lovely Blu-rays and The Great Alligator is just like at the bottom of prime video. This one is a lot of fun. They've got the, the rubber... Um, crocodile slash alligator they seem to go back and forth on what it actually is yeah, um, what is it what is well it? it's it, it going by the underwater shots it's actually just a bath toy <laughs> so they have bumping against a fake phone and the, the dialogue in in this is absolutely amazing like there's there's the sassy little girl and when her mum's being chatted up by a guy she goes i know what you want you want to come and take mommy's breath now <laughs> unless they're doing some kind of weird sex game where her mum is pretending to be a baby and the man's pretending to be a cat which might be a thing. I'm not. I'm not um, kink shaming, as um, someone mentioned earlier. It's just weird. What about that guy swimming in the water and goes, "Come on in. It's wonderful. Even if you shit on yourself, no one will see." <laughs> yeah. What is going on with like the the wacky young people? How murky is that water? Is it meant to be? It's no. It's not even. It's not even murky. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a bit where Barbara back. Uh, she says at one point. She says, "Hope is a long word." <laughs> Only if you say it really slowly. <laughs> like Kayako. Yeah. Uh, Not done that for a while. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. I like the way it's, it kind of mashes up um, tourists being attacked by things from the river with... Mm-hmm white people being attacked by jungle tribes. <laughs> it mashes yeah, up it's... those two classic horror genres. 
That's my two favourite things. You've woken up the god and now that all oh, tourism is bad and now everyone's in the water. It's 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 bonkers. It's like a very, very strange funfair ride that you can only vaguely remember going on. And the alligator itself, I mean, it's weird. It's, it's, it's a so weird. strange skeleton god thing, which, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's never really explained. It looks kind of shit. But it also looks kind of good. And when it attacks everyone on the boat or whatever it is, mm-hmm. God, that's some carnage, isn't it? I think the model at the start, I think she died far too early. I was fully invested in her story um, and her dialogue about Adam and Eve when she said that she thinks Adam was a stupid shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the dialogue's amazing. Fair, yeah. I, I just love these films with with Deep Rising. You know when, every, when the ship gets attacked and everyone just starts falling off balconies? Yeah, <laughs> that bit just made me laugh so much. And then the great crocodile, when everyone's just dancing, and then just starts falling off the ship. It is a beautiful scene. It's just absolutely there's so hilarious. much dancing. But one guy dives in. He just dives in on top of the crocodile. You see one person fall in, and all of a sudden a guy just properly dives in. That's because he's a crazy party dude. <laughs> Possibly, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that brings us nicely onto dry land, where people still aren't safe from some sea monsters, such as the spawn of the Slithis in 1978. Did you watch this on Amazon Prime? Yes. yes. Did you see what age rating it said when it started? Seven plus. Seven plus. <laughs> Seven plus. <laughs> I think it was a PG in America, but presumably after cuts. I didn't need to see a frisbee being thrown in slow mo. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> The music that accompanied the slightly chubby child going for the frisbee as well was the same. <laughs> what is this? Is an interesting intro. Oh, there's a dead dog. It's like brown, 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 dead dog. But he was so happy to see this dead dog. I've never seen a kid so happy to see something dead before. It's like it's ridiculous. There's not a lot to do in that town, to be fair. So. <laughs> Except for chuck frisbees at your slightly overweight mate. Like, yeah, chuck frisbees, and then if you see a dead dog, it's like a trip to Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the lead character, Wayne, he looks miserable throughout the entire film until he's nearly killed at the end by the creature. Uh, Like, even after they think they've killed the creature, he's like, he is looking so miserable about it. And then it grabs his leg and it's the happiest he's looked throughout the entire film. (laughs) (laughs) He's so boring, that. He really is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The guy who was the, the journalism teacher. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? And you know what other films he was in? None. None. No, no, None that was going to be my joke. I was going to do that. I was going to be so clever. Um, no, I gave up on this film because I, I watched up to the bit where he's like gone into the house, going "Hello, people," and then the the cop is like "Pow!" I'm going to pin you against the wall, and it's like, "Why are I, why are you are you there?" And he's just like, "Yeah, I'm just walking around this bloody house. Why not?" And he's like, yeah. oh, why? why? I, I, I stopped. I stopped. Why are you walking around a crime scene? I'm a journalism teacher. Okay, fine. And he's like, look, yeah. it's my LAPD like, press card. <laughs> and it's like, does he know the people or is he just like looking for bloody houses? Look, I don't know if it's because I'm 45, but I, I sort of look at people in their middle age, shall we say, and think, oh, I hope I don't look like that when I'm their age. And then that bloke in that house that he ends up walking around says, every day for 42 years, I've got out of bed and put my clothes on. And I'm like, 42 years old? Pull the other one. And I looked it up, and he was. The actor was 42. I can't believe it. He looks 60. What the fuck? There's a lot that's very, very odd with this film. There's quite a lot of characters who do like a random, like, sort of, 
watered down David Mamet style monologue to camera for no reason about <laughs> this town man he got back from Nam ain't never been the fucking same I'm fucking fucked and you're like what's that got to do with the monster and then you've also got the scientist whose face looks half of his face looks like chewed up hubba bubba <laughs> who we never see again and then we've also got the brilliant over the top uh, police chief who's only in one scene oh yeah he was good yeah says everything in a ridiculously over it's basically like the American Christopher Biggins on a lot of cocaine um, other than that yeah this film's this film's quite boring yeah, there's also the guy who picks up that girl at a bar and then as soon as she gets into his car and they're already on the way to his sex boat uh, he's like uh, oh I guess you must be old enough to party but you do look younger how old are you like, uh, shouldn't you have asked that before? Oh, yeah, that's car? really creepy. And that bit seems to come from another film as well. It's just yeah, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it turns into a weird sex film for ages. Mm. Seven plus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this whole time I thought it was syphilis. I'm, my dyslexic brain saw it and thought, syphilis. And then a dubbing of when there was that woman screaming... Um, and her mouth wasn't even open, but the camera was pointed <laughs> straight at her and she was screaming. This is a load of shit. Uh, Humanoids from the Deep, 1980. Um, anyone got anything to say about that? Um, I had it as my low light ages and ages ago. I don't remember much about it other than the fact that it's fish men who are a bit rapey. And it's the usual thing of going, oh, this is a, a trashy B movie. This is going to be fun. And then you're like, Christ, I'm bored. And start yeah, playing the Is this, is this the one phone. where they end up on the on the fair and they're all like, Mer, yes, yeah, yes, it That's is. Yeah, what yeah, I remember is is mer tits at the fair. Mer tits, mer tits, mer tits. The um, storyline is basically a horror film based on what happens when people get obsessed about fishing rights. Mm-hmm. Let that be a lesson to Ooh, this country. We're on the pulse again. Yeah, yeah. Riding that zeitgeist. Yeah. <laughs> My only other note is that the beach where all the kids go to sunbathe and snog is really bleak and muddy. Yeah, it's more of a park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's more of a tip. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a public information film about not snogging on the tip. Yeah. <laughs> They'd got Donald Pleasance to do a voiceover and it lasted three minutes. It might have been quite good. <laughs> Poison tips are full of poison. <laughs> From like the age of 10 to about 16, I, I grew up in a place called Worthing, um, which is where people go to die. Um, and it, it did give me that kind of vibe because for a long while, Worthing was receiving a lot of um, sewage. So if you went to the beach, it was um, gross. And that's how I felt about watching this film. Just a big <laughs> sea of shite. <laughs> I, re- I really like the finale of this film. Yeah, it, just, get, it gets good at the end. It's just over the top. It is quite slow at first, but the finale is mm. good. And I know it does the alien rip off at the end, but that's still a bit of bit of fun. But it also comes off of a bit. Well, that's is that a bit creepy as well that she's having. The filmmaker obviously watched Aliens. Like, Do you know what? I'd love to have a scene like the chestburster in my film. Oh wait, the <laughs> sea creatures have been raping everyone for an entire film. She could be pregnant. <laughs> Let's stand that in. <laughs> Subtle. I like it. Exactly. <laughs> it's got nuance. Whatever we think of these films, at least you get your fair share of monster mayhem. Um, if you're expecting Nico Mastrakis's blood tide to deliver the sea monster goods, then it's a bit of a letdown, isn't it? It's no, absolutely. It. Oh. It's it's weird because there's kind of shades of a good film in here somewhere. Like there's almost the kind of folk horror thing about the Greek village and the the virgin yeah. girls are apparently sacrificing themselves to the sea monster god. And then you've also got James L. Jones reciting Shakespeare for no reason. Yeah. And also the idea I mean, that he's, he's brilliant in it. He, he is really brilliant. Gets it all. 
And also you've got the idea that this monster eats virgins and you've got like a convent full of nuns who are all quite badass to the point where you've got one of them saying mass rather than a priest. And you're like, why is there no men in the convent? Is, there gonna, is that going to be a storyline? Is it going to be a load of nuns kicking ass or alternatively being eaten? No, none of that happens. Very boring. <laughs> I don't know. I quite enjoyed, like, I don't know. I quite enjoyed how slow paced it was and how weird it was. Because it had all the markings of one of the Italian. That's why I was like, this is an Italian next film. Because it's on an island. There's people who are others. There's, like, a, you know, random quotes. There's, there's nunneries. There's people doing mm. sort of paganistic stuff. Um, do you want to hear my James L. Jones impression of him saying, Oh, what? I'd love to. Yeah. What? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> he does. There's a scene where I mean, he just goes what over and over again because he's a bit pissed. He's like, "Oh, Shakespeare, Shakespeare." Yes. I, don't, I don't think Rory Bremner's got anything to be scared of, but you know. <laughs> what? See, that was, that was James L. Jones being surprised. Um, yeah, James L. Jones was also in um, Under a Killing Moon um, and The Lion King. <laughs> he was in um, The Exorcist Part Two. He was, and um, when he first turned up in Bloodtide, I thought, oh no, flashbacks to Exorcist 2. But I, I grew to love him. I, I, I like most of the characters in this film. I think they're really good actors. Um, Deborah Shelton, it's lovely to see her. She was in Body Double, most famously. Um, love her in that, and she's fun in this. Although there is one thing that put me off the character of uh, Sherry, uh, which is when she says this. I try to meditate for a while, but I kept... You know, finding myself thinking about where my khaki pants were, whether they went to the laundry or the cleaners. I mean, call me old fashioned, <laughs> but I don't think it's right to make someone else clean your khaki pants. <laughs> I mean, that was so interesting. That was a weird scene because it was just like any normal person would just, you know, back the fuck up. But she was like, I got you expensive perfume. It's expensive. It's not tiny one. It's like, oh, you're the worst. Like, if this was a Reddit post on, like, am I the asshole? She would be dubbed the asshole. She is definitely the asshole. Yeah, she's quite yeah. I like Babs. She's bubbly. You have to be if you call Babs, otherwise you have yep. to change your name. Absolutely. It's the law. But, but the point I was making at the start was that the monster appears for, what, five seconds at the end? And, and it's a bit shit. I, presumably that's because it's shit. Yeah. It's, mm. they, they obviously they just show, They show a flash of it in, in Lady's Dream. Um, I didn't bother to learn names. Um, and the flash is like, oh, cool, this looks fucking weird. And then they show a bit more of it. And you're like, oh, no, this is fucking shit. Um, Did you ever remember those toys that used to, the rubber toys you used to get on your hat, the gargoyles toys? Oh, yeah. It was the same guy that did Fraggle Rock, but he used to make, like, the toys. Well, the, the Boglins. Yeah. Boglins. That's it. Boglins. Yeah, that, those ones. I thought it was that that was just coming out of the water. Emergency Gary, did you watch Blood Tide? I didn't get a chance to watch this one. Um, you have but this I don't down. have a good <laughs> past history with a director. Oh, come on, Island of Death. I haven't seen Island of Death, but I recently watched Dark Room and. I've never known a film with so little to happen in it. Like, <laughs> it was just really, really boring. There's terrible pacing it, throughout. Is it too dark? <laughs> Sadly not. I could see everything. <laughs> <laughs> not dark enough. <laughs> not dark enough. And while we're talking about oddities, uh, what the hell is 2017's cold skin meant to be? Oh, I hated and loved it at the same time. It's based on a book. The book is basically like war. War is awful. Here's some allegories. And um, someone tried to make that into a film going, war, war is awful. I'm going to I thought this was um, The Shape of Water because I hadn't seen The Shape of Water. I was like, oh, is this the film where they fuck a fish? And um, (laughs) they do, they do fuck a fish. Tell me your first thought at that point wasn't, so she's got a fanny. (laughs) Oh my God. 
Yeah, but in Shape of Water, they even show you how the penis comes out. She's like, yeah, the flaps open up. Oh, right. And his penis comes out of the flap. That's how you win Best Picture, Oscar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I liked this film. I watched it from like 10 till midnight, however long it was, um, in the dark, in my room, just going, what? Okay, what? And um, it was a little bit like, all oh, right, so it's like um, Last of the Mohicans, but with fish. But I not thought really. you were going to say Last of the Summer Wine. Last of the Summer Wine. <laughs> <laughs> that one who's always in a bathtub, he's now turned into a fish, and he's, he's fucking other fish. And he's horrible. I mean, nor a bathtub. Oh, no. Imagine, yeah. imagine if this was about the uh, lighthouse keeper fucking compo. Because <laughs> it's a strange one. There's there's quite a few like horror films that try and address World War One. Well, I got the impression that it didn't really want to be a horror film. It was kind of embarrassed and ashamed that it was a horror film. I don't like a lot of modern Spanish films because they're they're so lush. The production design is like impeccable, and it just doesn't lend itself to horror. I think they embrace the horror because they they didn't exactly shy on the uh, the attack scenes. They really they they. They went for them quite repeatedly. But at the end, when there's loads of those things attacking, the CGI is so bad for 2017. Did you not think? I don't know. I watched everything on a free Chromebook, <laughs> so maybe when I eventually buy myself a telly, I will notice these things. Um, but, you know, it's a step up True. from a cracked phone screen. Um, <laughs> I watched it for the story. This wasn't really a horror, I don't think. It was more of a, a sort of... Uh, unsettling drama with with fish tits um (laughs) that would be a genre i'd look into a bit more but um, unsettling drama fish tits as long as as the fish got fannies as well well i mean she had two eyelids she might have had uh two other lids so we don't we just don't know (laughs) is that what you call your labia your lids my my sets of lids (laughs) lady lids my lady lids my lovely lovely lady lady lids if you feel fancy (laughs) rather than slut cups (laughs) <laughs> slut, slut flaps. <laughs> My next link has taken on a dark turn in this context because it says we've steered clear of real life watery hazards, but the mutant fish in the Piranha franchise are not your everyday Cerasalmus. First, of course, came Roger Corman and Joe Dante's 1978 Jaws ripoff Piranha. Yes, Piranha. <laughs> Wake up. I thought you were going to play a trailer or something. Yeah, it, sounds, it did sound like you're about to play. Oh, it probably did, yeah. All right. You, you well, gave not. it a lot of gravitas, so we were all. I was still laughing about slut cups and. <laughs> I thought we were going to get a um, gravelly voiced late seventies trailer. I can do that if you want. Yeah, Go do on, it. Then. Let's pretend. Fucking hell! James Earl Jones is back. What? Spot on, to be honest. I think that's a spot on James L. Jones. Verona, is it good? Is it good? I can't yeah, see right. This is my first time watching it. I thought I thought it was really great. I mean, it's obviously no Piranha Two to spawn in. Uh, no. Not many films are. But I thought it was great how it was clearly a parody of Jaws, but also felt like a love letter as well. Like I thought the uh, the practical effects were decent. Uh, I mean for its time, not completely terrible. And I thought the two lead characters were all right as well. Weren't weren't entirely hateable. No, they're they're, they're quite good. Um, It's weird, the previous time I watched it, um, I thought they didn't have the charisma to pull off those uh, roles as the heroes. This time, I was like, no, I really like them. They're a good sort of comedy double act. Until the end, where they're not comedy anymore. But I'm not really sure this is a comedy horror. 
I, I think it might have been marketed like that as a parody of Jaws to low expectations to, so that people wouldn't go in thinking it would be as scary as Jaws. I can't really see the comedy in it particularly. No, it's not really a comedy. I mean, the this, this situation is a, it kind of absurd, I suppose, and then you get more of it in when... I've forgotten what his name is. The, the character actor who plays the, the dodgy guy at the resort. A Dick Miller. That, yeah, that's him, yeah. Um, by the time he arrives, it does feel a little bit more kind of... You know, it's, it's lighter, and that's very obviously like the same beats as Jaws, as in someone going, no, it's fine, nothing's going to come out of the sea and fuck everyone up, and then it does, and they go, oh, shit. I'll tell you what, Dick Miller... Would be a great name for a torturer. It would, yeah. I'd stay well clear of him. It's the countryside in um, the Netherlands and he's got his um, <laughs> windmill torture dungeon. <laughs> and he's, anyway, I'm going to shut and, up now. And he's trying, he's trying to make flour out of... <laughs> he's making flour out of dicks. It's like a, a parody of Hostel, but with more bacon. <laughs> I mean, talk about self-raising flour. <laughs> what were you saying? I'm uh, just saying. Dick Miller. Dick Miller. You like Dick, Dick Miller? Miller. Yeah. <laughs> by the time by the time Dick Miller arrives, I won't forget his name in a hurry. Now I'll tell you that. Um, it, it has the more of a kind of a there's there's a bit of a kind of a lightness of touch, but it's not exactly a horror comedy. But I think it's all right. It's got that sort of Joe Dante comic booky kind of feel to it. It's it's fine. Barbara Steele's great in it. It's good to see her in a non-gothic Oh, she is great, role. yes. Yeah. She's still goth as fuck, though, even though she's only in it for, like, two minutes. Even when she turn yeah. up and go, everything's fine now, and you're like, no, no, it's in not. In a beige silk blouse, she's still goth. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone else got anything more to say about Piranha before we move on to the next um, one? So the character Man in Boat was also in Starship Troopers. <laughs> 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 Do you know what it could be? Because they called those things that they sent down to the planet Boats, so uh, that was actually very clever. Uh, and then the debut feature by james cameron which apparently he once disowned but now doesn't mind owning up to it uh piranha 2 the spawning aka piranha 2 flying killers which has a lovely italian vibe to it i think the scariest thing about this film is uh the really creepy kid who clearly fancies his mum at the start Mm. of the film Fucking hell, what's going on there? It's not every film that begins with a teenage boy molesting his mum in bed with a live fish. What the fuck? What? I thought they were having an affair. I, I didn't realise that was his mum for the longest time. And then I was like, hey, what's yeah. his mum? What? So many short shorts as well. Um, <laughs> for one thing, I mean, there's one guy, Sherman, his, his short shorts were ridiculous. But the, uh, the flying fish, they all look incredible. It just, I mean, not obviously for the right reasons. Uh, I mean, they're clearly attached to some sort of string and it just, yeah. <laughs> it looks great. They are, they are great. I love this in parts. It's not brilliant all the way through, but it is when it's fun. It, I mean, the, the we want fish scene is incredible. Yes. <laughs> I think, in fact, I really like it up to that scene. And then the last... 15 minutes are a bit boring. Yeah, bit I watched it yesterday and I can't remember how they got rid of, of the piranhas in the end. Well, it's just a boring old case of blowing up the old shipwreck, isn't it? Yeah. With a helicopter. and I mean, it is, it's full of action, but it's a bit bland compared to everything that's come before. Yeah. I mean, how can you kill fish, though? This is the thing I had with all these films. It was like... Well, in every piranha film, it ends up with them blowing up a part of the water that they are in. That's not enough, is it? You're just... You're fucked. Just get out of the water. You're probably fine. Yeah. Well, that's that's the funny thing about when they all storm the beach, and the man decides <laughs> when running when running for the piranhas, I'll jump in the swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna get you. In the swimming pool. <laughs> 
Fish hate water. They'll never get me in here. (laughs) So a lot of people, probably James Cameron fans, have often said that he didn't really direct Piranha 2, but I think the proof is that he gave Trisha O'Neill, the female lead in this film, he gave her a part in Titanic. Yeah, uh, he, she the played the character of... woman, woman woman in ti- Titanic. <laughs> she played woman in Titanic, yeah. Uh, a part we all acting remember facts, so well. Acting fact, acting fact, <laughs> that's what we're all good at. I, I've, I don't know why, I've, I used to do a bit on Piranha 2, and I've got all the, the parents' guide. Oh, oh amazing. Oh, printed oh, off. Go on then. Wow. Do you want me to give you Piranha 2? Yeah, go on. This is really bad grammar written in here. First we go with sex and nudity. Mm. Beginning of the film, a man and woman are having sex on a raft, and she tells him to go scuba diving with him after they briefly climax. <laughs> Slight view of her breasts and nipples are seen. <laughs> Minutes later, the same woman strips fully nude and brandishes a knife and cuts her lover's speedo. <laughs> <laughs> and and they and they make love. Full frontal female nudity, breasts and nipples are very clearly seen up close on the camera. <laughs> Especially if you pause it. Yeah, that that's the bit that's the bit where my VHS tape wore out, yeah. <laughs> A young boy and girl are seen kissing on boat, an island, and later go off on a small boat together. They fall asleep in each other's arms. Presumably they had sex, but no sex scene or nudity is ever shown. <laughs> and then I'll finish on the frightening intense scenes. The piranha attacks are intense. <laughs> oh no, that sounds like one of my A-level reports in film studies. <laughs> so skipping over the mid-90s TV movie remake of Piranha. Uh, that brings us to this month's second feature, which is Alexandra Arja's Piranha 3D. It's like this body's been in the water for weeks. I want to know what the hell this thing is doing in my lake. Is that a piranha? This particular piranha vanished two million years ago. I'm thinking about closing the lake. There's us and there's 20,000 kids. You do the math. The first bite draws blood. The blood draws the pack. Piranha. An earthquake unleashes thousands of prehistoric piranha into Lake Victoria, Arizona, just as the waters are filling up with hundreds of spring breakers who only wanted to get their tits out or see girls with their tits out. Um, I love this. I really like Piranha 3D. <laughs> oh no! <Good. laughs> what? What's wrong with that? Everything. <laughs> Everything's wrong with that. As soon as Harvey Weinstein's name came up, I was like, "Oh yeah!" Hell. I know. I know. It's the most Weinstein of the Weinstein films ever, especially with fucking Kelly fucking Brooke in it. Who? Oh man! Cinema fans was also naked a lot in the newspapers yes um, and i'll tell you where else she was naked on my face what <laughs> <laughs> what 
<laughs> I did a temp job, um, I don't know, 20 years ago. Yeah, I worked for page three. Yeah, I was the no, photographer. No, 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 no. Bees, the, gen- the gents' toilet. The gents' toilet was one cubicle, and someone had put a Kelly Brook poster up on the door. So oh, whenever was it stuck were... up with spaff? <laughs> I mean, it was by the time I finished with it. Oh. Um, <laughs> 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 but, but presumably not just mine. It was um, all yes. the staff, all the men who had worked in that place. Presumably, oh, oh it's a collective experience. I, what I found watching all these is I prefer the ones that are set kind of on land, on the water. Or, mm. I mean, Slithis, no, but um, not the ones that are underwater. Underwater is a bit too much like might as well be on a spaceship. And you know how I feel about them. Um, Piranha 3D is down to earth. It's down to sea. I love being on a boat there's a lot of boat scenes in it i once went on a holiday to norfolk broad and hired a power cruiser that was just like the one that jerry o'connell's character without without <laughs> rosie the... and jim rosie and jim jogging <laughs> along on the old tit boat <laughs> to be honest it was somewhere halfway between rosie and jim and jerry o'connell's uh, girls girls gone wild but... this just film just made my skin crawl in so many ways like yes i enjoyed the like the the gore and the shit but i i hated like the i hate when films like this try to be like knowingly funny like he took baby and it's it's like yeah you know don't be the hangover be a fucking horror film obviously like one of the girls gets eaten and like ha ha some like what they're called um, implants float up through the water like ha 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 don't we hate women it's very funny there's the girl that gets attacked when she's like um what the girl that gets attacked by by the mat she's 17 and she's yeah no i i was thinking of the girl that gets attacked by uh piranha and she's been like parasending or whatever it is and you, she's basically just stumps oh, yeah. and tits and it's yeah. just really oh, yeah. there's that scene as well that's like um, a wire gets cut from the stage yes. and flies towards those women and a tit falls out it just tit falls out just, just like, very classy. every single woman in this film is mm. like the only bit of um, nudity you see from a man is three men pulling their shorts down like you see their asses and that's it. Even the child girl, child girl. I sound like I'm from <laughs> the ancient. Have you brought the child girl? But the child girl, the one who talks about boobies. <laughs> I think with that, Kelly Brook must have had sort of flashbacks to every kind of situation she's ever been in, where um, somebody just comes up to her and goes, "I like your boobies." <laughs> yeah, thanks, and they go, "My brother's going to like your boobies too." <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Fun fact that uh, that was what Harvey Weinstein said to her at casting. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, from the seventies and the eighties and whatever, every horror film had someone running around without all their clothes on or just topless. Um, but it feels different watching yeah. this. This just felt really mm. grimy and. This is going to sound like a really weird thing, but there's kind of like this sort of nihilistic side to something like this. It's all very much kind of like blood, gore, tits, death. It doesn't really matter. Yay. Are we being ironic? We don't even know. Um, I'll yeah. tell you for why. That's because you got Eli Roth involved. Oh, yeah, fuck so. Eli Roth. He doesn't even play a character. He is playing no, no, himself. No, no, no. I, I messaged um, Cliff about 15 minutes before we were recording. I was like, did you get the tit scene? Like a sort of shady back alley dealer going, did you get the tit scene? And he went, what tit scene? And I was like, you know, the one where he, he does all the shit rhyming slang for the tits. And um, Cliff very kindly logged them all for me so do you want to read these out cliff or shall i no you can okay right <clears throat> i'm a big fan of this film i'd hate to hear it disparaged 
Mm. In this way. <laughs> the art, the art. So you know the bit. So Eli Roth pops up as a as a sort of like MTV guy, and uh, mm. he just comes up with the most ridiculous euphemisms for tits. So he's like, now it's time for another episode of the Hills. Yeah, tits. Mm. I'm talking about <laughs> titties, ladies. Look at those weapons of mass derbation right over here. Let's see those jugs. All right, girls. Use it. Yeah. Shake the booty. Shake it. Shake it. Now, this makes no sense. I don't think you can defend this one. Shake it like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Now, Cliftifer. Show me any time Willy Wonka shook it. No, that's when it's uh, the camera's on a black girl's arse. I see it's racist and sexist at the yeah. same time. Um, we're going to crack open those coconuts and drink from God's milk jugs. Uh, get the girls out. Let's see them. What are you hiding under there? He's coy. Uh, come on, baby. <laughs> Let's see those this, summer this tomatoes. This is slam poetry that you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, it's slam poetry. <laughs> Should I start, I'll start this again. <clears throat> Okay, hi. My name's um, my name's Bryony No. Um, I'm I'm from Surbiton, but I really feel like I'm from Kingston. Um, and this is a poem I wrote about objectivity. Yeah, right. Now it's time for another episode of The Hills. Yeah, I'm talking about. All right, all right, all right, all right. Ladies. But the thing is, I don't think you're meant to think that that Eli Roth character is a fine, upstanding gentleman and uh, pillar of the community. He's a dickhead. We all done improv here, Cliff. Like you write about what you fucking know. We're not meant to think that, but it's it's still just it's still done in a really depressing way. It's not done the, in a. The reason yeah. why I brought up with Cliff earlier because a it was hilarious. At one point, point he was like, "Show me those Danny DeVitos, those Brad Pitts," and it's like, "Ah, it's it's kind of a parody." And it's like, "But it's it's Eli Roth, so it's not a parody. He's terrible." In what way are Danny DeVitos tits? That would only work if there was a lady who either had a Danny DeVito tattoo on each tit or she took her top off and there was two Danny DeVitos. <laughs> as, a, as a bisexual woman, I'd be so into like a vagina, but like Danny DeVito heads for tits. Or would I? <laughs> I don't want to say, oh, well, it's a fun return to 80s horror where like nothing mattered and it was all just tits and gore because those kind of films wind me up generally <laughs> they're, they're shit but i think maybe maybe brown 3d just gets it right i don't i don't know it just there was too many things that made me squick like the whole like um pressuring and, and predatory behavior towards a, an underage girl and it was very clearly an underage girl and there was a point where kelly brook was she's not even legal and i mean yeah it's like it was a cool film like with the effects and with the storyline but it was just there was just like little underlying things that that especially now like knowing how squicky these people were and are it just was like uh, no no i don't like yeah it. i, I no, mean i do no. get that and the cgi the cgi of oh the, the cgi is, is terrible is the cgi so is terrible shit. but the gore is not cgi and it's really good no the gore is great yeah like the um when the person gets their scalp ripped off that is the yeah. best, oh man that's so good thing. like that is yeah and eli roth getting his head chopped off Mm. And um, that that character, that twat character who just like gets on a speed jump and just ploughs through oh, yeah. loads and loads of people. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, I think the gore and everything is really great in this film. I, you know, I don't completely hate that side of it. I think that's a, a really good homage to you know a lot of old school really gory horror. But yeah, it, it, 
again, it's just the uh, the nudity just feels really uncomfortable in this one. And, and I'm, I'm saying that as someone who's seen a lot of films with a lot of nudity, it's just something. I don't know if it's because you, you know now that Show Harvey off. Weinstein's involved. Well, you like your nudity, do you? <laughs> <laughs> this, this last 24 hours, I've seen more boobs and fish than in my whole life. Does your mum let you watch 18s? <laughs> <laughs> Is it a bluey? <laughs> How many killings is it? <laughs> Richard, I, I, I. I like tits, but I get bored of them eventually, you know? Um, well, I, I, we've, we said this with the Eli Roth episode. I like tits too, but Eli Roth doesn't know how to do tits, and I don't think the director of this film does no. either. I just, there's something about Eli Roth and Eli Roth endorsing films and being part of films and Eli Roth's in this film for about two minutes and it seems to have poisoned it for you too long if you have a milkshake and you put a dead rat in it if the dead rat is only in there for like a couple of seconds it's still going to ruin it (laughs) are you doing the dialogue from There Will Be Blood (laughs) yes (laughs) I drink your milkshake it's such a shame because it had a really good cast it had Elizabeth Shue who was in things and it had um... is that what it's come to yeah I'm trying to save this now (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to move on from, from, you know, people who have raped people to... Elizabeth Shue was in other things. She was in The Boys, which is really worth watching. And um, that man who was in the Dawn of the Dead uh, remake... Saving... Ving Rhames. Yes, Ving Rhames. And also um, some film called Pulp Fiction. Um, I don't know, I've not heard of it. But the soundtrack is banging. Yeah? Mm, yeah, that's right. I love it. Fuck Wing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sort of you know, I like. Since I watched this film, even though it's not even in the film, I've had um, LMAFO. LMAFO, yeah. 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 Party Is it par- Party Rock? Well, you yeah, need exactly. to search out Party Rock and Inception, and someone's done a remix where it's the Inception music with that really slowed down, and it is. Oh, I don't. Oh, no, that it's makes a good feel remix. Ill. That makes me feel ill. <laughs> And we can't finish without a quick mention of the follow-up, Piranha 3 Double D. I love 3 Double D even more. I what? think it's so Can I tell so you a really funny. creepy story about the director? Go on. He did the first, um, helped with the Feast films. And in those, it is pretty much, oh, a woman's bra gets ripped off and blood gets sprayed at her. So that's why this film sequels so many tits in it. But he did a whole interview where he was like, yeah, I got to sit in this room and I had all these women with bikinis come in and I got to pick who had the best tits. <laughs> is it Danny it's Dyer? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what are you doing? It's like, yeah. it's, that's what makes it just, this film is just, it's uncomfortable. A man's head gets chopped off and then, oh, look, his head is motorboating a woman's tits now. Mm. It doesn't come <laughs> off as like, that could be funny, but in this, when you have a cooch cam in a swimming pool and... It just comes off as sleazy. The whole film comes off as sleazy. Uh, I don't know. The character who puts the cooch cam in comes off as sleazy. I think it's really funny. I think David Hasselhoff's really funny in it. Ving Rand's oh, really funny in it. I thought David Hasselhoff was terrible in this. The, it's like It feels like a really childish script because they have him say twice, oh, that little ginger moron. That's like, right, that, yeah. is the cl- that is the closing line of the film. And it's like, but you said that 10 minutes ago. Oh, that classic line. Do you remember that? And everyone was going to go, call back, woo! <laughs> the last 15 minutes or whatever, where it's just a fucking blooper reel, can fuck right off. Oh, what, the mm. seven, yeah, seven minutes of the credits with him with a sword on the beach. I mean, obviously, because like, it only ran to about 70 minutes, they thought, oh, we better extend this with a load of fucking rubbish bloopers. Oh, it's so bad that it's... I saw this in the cinema, and I thought, oh, they're doing this because there's going to be an after credits scene. I had to sit through that dog shit bloopers. Oh. <laughs> and I'm... Uh, 
I can't believe I saw this in the cinema as well. But, 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 but. Uh, but, what, going with that? but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, Party people in the house. But, <laughs> but the fact that it's 70 minutes long means that there aren't any of those fucking, you want a beer? Hey, you want a beer? Yeah, I'll have a beer. Kind of dialogue exchanges. It's so snappy. It just rattles through the thing. Well, it does to it's... the point where it it kind of. I think that maybe if they'd done like a sort of an Adult Swim type thing with this and kind of upped the gore even more and made it even more kind of nonsensical, it would probably have been a lot more fun to watch because it's just kind of like, oh, there's a man who's um, getting some sexual gratification from the the pipe and the pool. There's some tits. There's some more tits. <laughs> that woman's got a fish in her vagina. She's throwing up a minute ago. That must be the reason. Yeah, that, that, oh, that, yeah, that line it's funny. The, the um him her saying Josh chopped off his penis because something came out of my vagina. That's amazing. Like, like that penis chopping scene is still it's pretty grim. Like the rest of the film is horrendous, but that scene Wait, what's the context for this? So um a piranha she when they went swimming in the lake, uh-huh. um a piranha's egg went up her vagina. Oh, um, yeah. they're, they're having sex and she's mm. a virgin so he, mm. it's the first time they're having sex mm-hmm. the egg gets laid while they're having sex the piranha comes out of her vagina yeah. attaches itself to his penis oh, and dear. then he has to chop off his penis but he well he chops off the end of his penis mm. um, and the piranha's you're making it. this sound like a David Attenborough documentary <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the first time my, my dad because my mum died when I was quite young so it sounds like my dad explaining birds and bees to me like and if you do do this then the piranha will come and kill you so basically just say what Luke said but in a very Aberdonian accent I will kill you and then the piranha will come up your vagina <laughs> And on that note, it's time for my fellow devils to go fishing for points as we play Scary Noises. So, uh, well, Emergency Gary, you are a regular listener to the show, so you know how this works. I do. So I don't even have to do the rules. Here is your first pair of Scary Noises. You weren't expected, and the natives here aren't exactly friendly. Speaking of the natives... Yes, Bryony. It's the Darth Vader one. <laughs> Star Wars? No, the, the the fish one with Darth Vader with um the, the man in it. What's it called? Um They were all the same. <laughs> no, I'll give you, Gary. The you know what it is, you know what yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't remember the name of the film. <laughs> the, 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 the stupid Greek island with the fish. Um I should say by the way, Bryony and Gary, you're on a team together. Yeah. Hi. Okay. And um, did you get the music? No, I was too excited about hearing um. Darth I Vader. may have got it. Was it Humanoids yeah. of the Deep? There was not Humanoids of the Deep. Blood Tide was our our fishy one for this, our monster, um. sea monster one. So the other the other half of it is not a sea monster one. Just to clarify the rules. I feel like you know when you're dyslexic and you get extra time at exams. I feel that's just like what happened here by me going. It was the Darth Vader one with the head. <laughs> you showed knowledge, as we say in quiz yeah, world. Yeah. Uh, Luke and Emily, can you get the music? You weren't expected, and the natives here aren't exactly friendly. Speaking of the natives, Madeline, they don't even know who you are. I showed them a picture, and they didn't even recognise you. And I know uh, that you two stick out here like Mad Friday and Mrs. Cruz. Listen, I think the natives here are the ones that stick out. And there's no explaining their little ways unless Madeline can explain it. Um, um, can I guess? Do you know? Do you actually know what it is, Luke? No, no, you guess. I was going to It's something, something old school. Would I guess Night of the Demon? <laughs> no, it's Evil Dead 2. Oh, yeah. fucking hell. Of course it is. Okay. Ash, come find me. I'm a tree. Number two. Number two. 
Insurance is my battleground now, huh? <laughs> my name's Harry Potter. Nice to meet you, Porter. No, Potter. Oh. And I review books. What? I review books. Oh, man, I never read them. Owned and operated by liberal scum. They knock our president every chance they get. Leave us wide open for the communist menace, you know what I mean? Well, I did do a little bit of ROTC. Hey, all right, high five. Nothing. Was it Ben Shapiro talking? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the music was underwater and the dialogue was troll. Ah. It was hard to hear, but he, he says his name is Harry Potter at the start. That was ah, a big clue I missed, there. I missed that. Uh, number three. He probably let me search on the controller. Tell him to watch his levels. I'll have Dr. Mellis run a deep analysis. But you report past Um, Leviathan is the dialogue? It's not. Oh. Oh, no, it's, um, 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 it's, it's Piranha 3D. No, no, no. Oh, it sounded like Elizabeth Shoe. Luke and Emily, can you get the music and the dialogue? He probably let me search on the controller end. Told him to watch his levels. I'll have Dr. Mellis run a deep analysis, but you report back if you see anything. Minor artifacting, sink loss... We can't afford any mistakes on this one. Don't worry. Have it under control. Right? No. No, the music was Leviathan, not the dialogue. Oh, shut up. the dialogue was Possessor. Is Elizabeth Shue Possessor? No. Oh. Did you know she's in The Boys? (laughs) Yeah, you already said. Acting fact of... Oh, okay. (laughs) Do you know she's not actually a shoe, she's a lady? At halfway stage, the, the amazing score is 1 0 to Brian and Gary. Uh, number four. I've got to go out and find Steve. Why you? Because nobody else is supposed to know. Emergency Gary. This is the syphilis sounding one. Sliffis. It's not. Ah, for the dialogue. No, what about the music? Did you get a. Uh... Music, Brian and Gary. Oh, do you want me to sing it to you? This is sometimes this oh, sometimes oh, oh, works. With the, okay. I'm an Not sure what the music is. Spooky <laughs> That was bang on. I don't know what. It no, was I don't think we're on. getting anything there, are no. we? Uh, Luke and Emily, music and dialogue once again to identify. I've got to go out and find Steve. Why you? Because nobody else is supposed to know. Not even you, so please don't forget that fact when the general gets here. That's all I'd need. How are you going to I can use the Geiger counter. I can follow his trail. Geiger counter? You mean radioactive? Just a little bit. Is the dialogue humanoids from the deep? No. Did you get the music? Um, Paul Blartmore Cop 2. It's not Paul Blartmore <laughs> Cop 2. Mate. Go on, Brownie. Uh, Deep Rising is... It, the, the music was Deep Rising. Yeah. With the mm. girl from Ipanema bit. And he goes, that's the girl from Ipanema. I'm... I'm yeah. 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 Um. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'll get my voice back now. And the dialogue was from the incredible Melton Man. You only watched that recently, Gary? Did I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, number five. Just stop. Okay, okay, right. Why'd you stop? You said to stop. No, don't listen to my pussy ass. Look. Uh, the dialogue was Piranha 3D Day. It yeah. is. And the music? Um, I'm going to say Paul Blartmall Cop 3. It's not Paul Blartmall. Yeah. It'll never be Paul Blartmall Cop. Um, <laughs> Let's be in Vampire Killers. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Might be that one day. Um, Brian and Gary, can you get the music? Just stop. Okay, okay. Right. Why'd you stop? You said to stop. No, don't listen to my pussy-ass mouth. No matter what I say, dump me in the water. Okay, got it. Not going to listen to your pussy-ass mouth. I, I mean, you don't have a pussy-ass mouth. I'm just saying. Dump me in the water. Okay, okay. Here we go. One, two. Ah, shit. No, no, I changed my mind. No, no, no. no. You're going no, in. No, I changed my mind. I don't want to go in the water. You're going in. That's Saw 5, isn't it? No, it's not Saw. It's like the climax where something is about... I want to say, like... The Invisible Man. No. Well, I've not seen it, so I'm not going to say that. No one's seen The Invisible Man. Yay! Something climactic's about to happen. Like, the heroine is about to go, do you know what? Fuck you, Invisible Man slash alien slash monster. Dun, 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 dun. Dun 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 dun, and maybe she's been abused. This this it kind of has. If, Cliff, you look so bored of me. Um, <laughs> this is you're going down completely the wrong path. That's why. Oh, uh, is it? I don't know. Um, it's not from the end of a film. It's from the middle of a film, and the film is Saw Four. <laughs> oh, I said Saw Five for fuck's sake. <laughs> it sounded like the one when he's going up in the glass coffin. It's the miscarriage scene in sort of. Oh, okay. Well, you know, that was a woman facing a hard time and she was like, Do you know what? I've got an evil baby inside me, so I'm gonna really face this against it. Dun, hey, dun, dun, you dun. said it was an evil baby. I don't know. I'm just Yeah, you're just you're casting aspersions on John Kramer, John Kramer and, and uh Jill. Hey did you know um John Kramer was in an episode of Seinfeld? It was in Kramer vs. Kramer. <laughs> And he used to present news round. <laughs> I was going to say, one for the kids there. <laughs> right, number six. Oh, the scores at the moment are one all. This is Yay, the worst. This is the worst round we've ever played. Uh, but can you uh, redeem yourselves with number six? Do you really want to know? Yes, I've tried everything in my life. You'll see. I'll fix myself a dose later. In fact, we'll all have some. That way the girls can really see what we're made of tonight. <laughs> Yes, Gary. That is Creatures from the Abyss. The dialogue. Yes, and did you get the music? No. Bryony? It's it's Italian sax form. Um, I don't know. um, Could you do that one more time? (laughs) No. No, 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 Italian. I mean, you're spot on with the uh, rendition. Is it, is it Italian sexual? Because it's it's probably like well, the only because if you say Italian sexual to me, all I'm going to think of is um, what's of all the blood on Jennifer's body or um, Curse of the Bloody Iris, which I think is the same film. So them. No. No, um, exactly. Emily and Luke, can you get the music to draw level? Do you really want to know? Yes, I've tried everything in my life. You'll see. I'll fix myself a dose later. In fact, we'll all have some. That way the girls can really see what we're made of tonight. <laughs> I think you're nuts. I don't need that to make love. Just once. Look at this. Give some light, man. What is this stuff? What kind of animals are these? They're horny ones. Um, Not got a clue, like, but... 
I feel like it's the same way a car's driving round in the opening credits for ages. <laughs> that narrows it down. <laughs> oh, it's not. Um... <laughs> and then you know they keep showing alleyways every now and again. Oh, it has got a bit of a seventies cop vibe. Is it um, New York Ripper? It's not. Um, what if I said, Luke, it wasn't a car; it was a minibus. Eyeball. 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 Yeah, the one about the uh, eyeball. Ter- the one about you the eyeball. T- <laughs> you ball. No. You ball. He's got cheeky, fronts. All right. So the scores are two, one, two. Bryony and emergency Gary. <laughs> Absolutely terrible score in there, but well done anyway. Uh, we're almost at the end of another episode. Emergency Gary, thanks for joining us. Why don't you remind our listeners where they can hear more of you? Yes, so Horror Court Trash of a Podcast, which I'm on with my partner, is released every Tuesday on Spotify, SoundCloud and iTunes. Lovely. Right, next month is episode 50 oh, of shit. Devil Times 5. Ooh. Right, and to well. mark such a momentous occasion, we're going to be joined by the amazing Robin Ince. Uh, oh wow he's chosen satanism and cults as our theme and our features will be the devil's reign and satan's blood uh now if only we can find movies called beelzebub's wee wee and lucifer's weak lemon drink then we're going to (laughs) have ourselves an amazing lineup of diabolical liquids to guzzle hold that thought (laughs) and thanks for listening